What's happening, people? Welcome back to another edition of the Copod. I'm your host, Yuan. And today I'm here to talk about one of my underrated talents, Tariq Mitchell. Now, hopefully, you'll be coming from the article I posted on my blog website, Communicado Official. Check it out, check it out. But if you haven't, go check it out. Links will be in the description wherever you find them. If, if you see on Twitter, the link will be enclosed there. But yeah, this is just uh, basically a continuation of what I was writing about. Now, in the post, I mentioned some of his qualities, such as uh, his proficiency with his tackling, the fact that he's a bit of an all-rounder, he's very solid, both defensively and offensively. He's... He seems like he has a very high footballing IQ. He doesn't do... He doesn't try to be flashy. And... Uh, yeah, in this part, in this pod, I'm gonna tell you a bit of a background about how I know. Well, I don't personally know, but how I came to know of him. A bit of background about the Crystal Palace Academy in general, and my general thoughts of what I think Tariq's ceiling is, and where he can go in the game. So, without further ado, here we go. Now, Tariq is at something of a crossroads in his career because, like I mentioned, at 21, he only has 18 games under his belt. And you have to wonder, for all his potential and all the grooming that has gone on behind the scenes, why is that? Why is he not going out on loan for experience? Is it because, like we've seen in recent years with some of the other talented youth prospects, Palace have had, like Jason Lakilo, who's now at Doncaster, they've been wary of sending him to the wrong club and having his potential drained away because of a lack of confidence? Why has he not been given chances in the Cups? Yes, I know Palace have a lot of senior authority and are well-stacked, particularly in the defensive areas, but as we've seen with someone like Aaron Wan-Bissaka in the past, an injection of youth can add a new element to a side, particularly if you're willing to give the player a platform to develop, make mistakes and grow into the role. Obviously, I'm not going to be obtuse and be blind to the situation Palace are in. In that They need Premier League revenue. Staying up is of paramount importance to progress as a club and fund the improvements that they want to make. I'll give you more on that in a bit. And so with that in mind, I can understand that when the chips are down, obviously you're going to pick guys that you can rely on. And know that you're going to get a certain level of performance. Now, you don't know until you throw them in. But subconsciously, with a lot of managers, there's always that... A bias is the wrong word. Maybe an assumption. Or maybe... Predicated judgment that you're going to have some inconsistencies. Especially with young players. Like, one game, he might put it in an 8 out of 10, and the next, the 2 out of 10, you get it. Like, especially at this level, Premier League level, you can't afford to have to carry someone, never mind a young player, for a game. So maybe Palace thought it would be best to keep him in-house, develop him, let him train with the first team, let him gradually progress, and eventually, in time, he'll get his chance. Like... 
for me, for me, minutes are currency. But we've seen at other clubs when you truly believe in someone's potential and you want to invest it, then you don't always have to send them out alone. Like I'll give you examples, like Phil Foden and Manchester City, Bukayo Saka and Arsenal, um, Joe Willock with Arsenal. None of them have actually gone out alone. I suppose. Okay, it's a bit different with Tariq because he's 21 and he hasn't gotten his opportunity yet until very recently. But yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to play devil's advocate in a situation like this. Now, a bit more of a background about how I first became aware of Tariq. Now, a few years ago, I used to actually work at Crystal Palace. It's not a maddest story or anything like that, but yeah, when I was working there. One time I got to go to the training ground, Copascope, and uh, yeah, they showed us around. It's a really, really nice facility, and all the stuff there, they're really lovely. I really love my time working for Palace, and maybe after the pandemic, I might try and apply there again if they'll have me. Who knows, but yeah, back to the story. Um, yeah, long story short, when I was, when I was at Copascope, I had the opportunity to speak to some of the staff there and one of the coaches. Like, it, it wasn't it wasn't a mad long conversation. Probably like probably like a two three minute conversation I had with him. And uh, obviously, I'm a young guy. I'm trying to trying to learn more about the game. So I was just asking questions about like, oh, who's the best guy to work with? Who's the best young player? And someone he mentioned straight away was obviously Terry Mitchell. And so I was asking about him, I was thinking, all right, how old is he? What's his position? What's he like? And he told me, he told me all the things that um, you, you'll you see in my article, all the things that, um, all the things I've talked about. He's a, he's a good lad. He has his lead, he has his head firmly between his shoulders. He's he's very driven. He's very confident. He's very motivated. Obviously, at the time, you have to expect that at that age, when you're going through, when you're going through puberty, you're not physically developed. So you're still trying to, you're still trying to develop physically, and you're still trying to gain better positional awareness. But yeah, ever since then, ever since then, I've tried to look out for him. Whenever I was at Palace, even then, some of the loyal Palace fans. I remember one time I heard them talking about him. So I was thinking, all right, this this guy's this guy's loads of hype. He must be really good. And so like me, they've always been baffled that he hasn't given his opportunity. And to be fair, there are reasons for that. Like in general, you haven't really seen anyone progress from the academy to the first team like that and be a consistent be a consistent figure apart from Wen Pasaka like we mentioned. And I suppose the the only other player closest to that was probably Levi Nemeka, who funny enough some of my friends actually know him. He now plays for Trois in France. But yeah, he got given his Premier League debut on the Frank de Boer. Obviously Frank de Boer's time at Palace he had Four games, three Premier League games, no goals scored, seven goals conceded. They lost all of them. He got sacked really early on. And Levi was someone that, from being involved in the Premier League under one manager, Roy 
Roy Hodgson came in and he's immediately out in the wilderness going out on loan to Leighton Norian and not even playing games and eventually he left for Varzim in Portugal and then uh, now made the move to France in the summer but yeah Palace's setup is uh, well, it could be set up as a weird one and uh, I know they're taking steps to improve that I think they've uh, Improved to category one status, but uh, overall, overall, you think that with the improvements they're trying to make, that the improvement they've made to Copescope, uh, the fact that they're building, well, not building a new stadium, but then they're improving Selhurst Park, the fact that they're trying to improve the facilities, you'd think that there's a long term view to getting more guys from the academy into the first team and establishing that pathway in order to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, in order to properly allocate their resources. Because you've seen like the money that Wan-Bissaka generated for them, 50 million, and you've seen how useful that can be, especially when you're a club like Palace, which with all due respect, it's not the biggest club in the world, but um, when you when you're ambitious and you're trying to make strides to do that, you have to you have to. It's in your best interest to try and find. Um, it's in your best interest to incorporate all parts of the club into into your planning and try to really create a sustainable future. And I think with Tariq, that's something they're trying to do. They recognise that yes, Tariq is a player with good potential, and as we've seen, he's gotten his chance in the Premier League. And they hope that uh, that if nothing else, he can become a mainstay in the Palace team, or even like Wan Bissaka, go into a so-called bigger club and be sold on for big money. So that's what you want to see from Tariq now. You want to see him develop, continue to take his chance at the Premier League, see how he deals with maybe a loss in form, see how he reacts to tough games because Premier League is a dogfight. Like we've seen in the games he's had, he's he's already faced some difficult opponents like Adama Traore at Wolves with the great pace and power he has, the fact that he's such a beast. Callum Hudson-Odoi, who, yes, he's very, again, like Adama, he's also very quick, but he's also very measured in his play and you need to keep a close eye on him. Like we saw against Chelsea, yes, they lost 4-0 and I think, I don't think, admittedly, he had, it was one of his better days, but... You, you learn a lot from those type of games. He came up against James Rodriguez the week before, and uh, okay, James is not the sole winger that's going to try to take you on around the outside, but you still need to maintain your position and watch out for for the incoming fullback. In this case, Coleman, who's trying to um, create those overloads on the side by staying by staying high and wide. You need to watch out for all these types of players that you will come up against in the Premier League. And yeah, what I want to see really from Tariq is how he responds to it and how he continues to develop. And the hope will be that at the end of the season, he can look back at himself and say that, okay, I'm a dramatically better player than I was 12 months ago when I had only four games under my belt. Okay, yes, we're in some exceptional circumstances and maybe... To be fair, one of the reasons he is getting his chance is because of the situation going on with uh, Patrick Van Aanholt. No, I think his contract is up in the end of the summer and I don't think Palace want to renew it. But even still, you've waited this long for the opportunity. 
now it's up to you to take it. So I wish him all the best. And uh, yes, yeah, going to be uh, the end of the pod. Not a long one. Just came here to give you my thoughts about Tariq and uh, where I think uh, he sees. I think he has a good future at Palace. I think he has a good Premier League career ahead of him. If he continues uh, doing what's gone to this point, he's been patient. So he's shown that he is willing to fight for his opportunity. And uh, yeah, he just needs to continue doing that. He just needs to continue continue with his head screwed on. He doesn't need to lose himself. He doesn't need to start trying to do Udiswala, start trying to do a madness. Just keep doing what you're doing and you'll be fine. So yeah, that's going to be another point. So people, you're in. I'm signing out. Have a good one. Peace.